Hello. And welcome back to the best podcast, your favorite podcast, the podcast that won't put you to sleep. It's good books, bad banter. I'm your one of your hosts, Maddie. And I'm Tori. And today we're kind of talking about theories and really everything else under the sun. I don't think we have like a, I mean, we have a directive. We wrote shit down. We have things <laughs> we want to talk about, but it's not going to be about a book. Um, of course, I am behind um <laughs> cc one or cc two uh but i'm getting there and let me just tell you it is so good if i could if i didn't have to work and literally get yelled at every single day at work <laughs> i would be reading it um but besides that we're kind of just going <laughs> to talk about our favorite like books and theories and a bunch of different topics that i know both of us have always wanted to kind of have episodes like this where it doesn't really talk about a particular just one summarized book um we just get to talk about different book things just book stuff yeah just book topics um and this one is i guess about things that we did didn't like think might might happen should happen would want to happen we're happy that happened and then we're sad that happened so we're just gonna run the gamut do you want to do updates or do you want to save that um uh, let's save that okay we save it <clears throat> so um, what are we going to talk about first on the list well i was thinking we never talked about okay what i told you about that i saw on tiktok regarding carly fortune's book um every yeah. summer after uh-huh. we didn't talk about it in the episode oh my god and i was what like you how did we not talk about this because it was so no hate to the people who were upset over this but I just thought it was dramatic. But mm-hmm. people were literally freaking out on TikTok. Okay. Crying their eyes out. Like, like so upset about the, oh, the cheating trope okay. in Every Summer After. Okay. And yeah. I fully understand when you put yourself in the perspective of, like, the book. Because... When you just relate. Who really doesn't hard. do right. that? Like, That's the whole point of these characters. Right. Just, like, you escape you to- into their world. Right. Right. But to be having a, like, total, like, freak out. Like, I get it. You can be like, oh, my God, I really hated this trope. Like, I mean, there's people who, like, don't like the, like, pregnancy trope. They don't like the marriage trope. They don't like the kidnapping trope. There's, there's a bunch of tropes, babe. every trope, yeah. which is fine. But my thing is, like, these <laughs> people came on TikTok and just, like, freaked out. And they were just like, and I'm just never going to read Carly again. I was like, oh my God, you can yeah. separate yeah, yeah, yeah. the story from the writing too, to a degree. I feel like, like I even if you both don't like have the tropes, that. you can right. still like the way it's written or something like that, or like be like, maybe I'll like a different story by this person. Right. I think both of us have always advocated for that. It's like you can take the good parts out of the story yeah. and the bad parts. Like you can take it out and take it both of those things out and separate it and be like, this is a good story. I liked these things, but there's also the story I didn't like because of these things. Yeah. But I'd still appreciate the fact that it was either good or you're like, eh, I felt like this about it and I feel like this this should have been this way. But never to the point to where did I ever have one, the audacity, nor the goal to be like, I'm never going to read somebody, read somebody's yeah. work because of something as commonplace as cheating. Because that happens, unfortunately, it happens very yeah. often in the real world and it's very realistic. It'd be different if it's like, you know, a very like sexually violent 
like fantasy trope sort of thing. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like that would make sense to me because that might be triggering to some people. Right. But like this is there's it's also cheating. Yeah. Like, I I get I get though. I'm not trying to like take away from the fact of like what cheating is, but right, like but it's, it's also a, a book. story. It's a book, right? It's, it's not, not real. It's fictional. And so and I totally romance. understand having an emotional reaction to a book to but I guess for me to get on TikTok anywhere and just like be like, oh my God. Like rant. It would take a lot, a lot. Yeah. There is one book that I read outside before we started like the podcast and stuff. Um, it was actually a YA book. It's called Wilder Girls. And oh, I've heard of I've, that. I've told you, I've told you about this. Yeah. I think yeah, so. Yeah. It was one of the only books that I gave like I think one or two stars and wrote a review for and I think I've like read the review on one of our really early episodes Mm -hmm. but I that book really just oh my god it literally like grinded my gears to the point to where like I don't think I would I think I would still want to give her a chance like to read another book of hers Mm -hmm. just to see if like maybe it was just this one maybe it was just some of the few things that I didn't like in this book I think it was an interesting topic. Like it was like a pandemic sort of thing or like a apocalyptic like situation where these group of girls are in a boarding school, like on an island off the coast of New England, I guess. And that's where they kind of say, mm-hmm. they don't really say like their particular place. And if they do, I don't remember. But basically they call it the tox and there's this like toxin in the atmosphere and in their like soil and stuff that has like mute like mutated the girls bodies and is killing them mm-hmm. so, like some of them have third <laughs> eyes some of them have like their skin glows radioactive some of them like their bones like their skin and their bones are on the outside of their bodies rather well of course skin is but like their bones are like protruding outside of their bodies they like it's crazy some of them are like get really hot and like like burn up and Anyways, and some of the imagery in the book, it's supposed to be kind of horror, but it's a YA book. Mm -hmm. I was thoroughly freaked out and I was a full-fledged adult. And not only that, I was really grossed out and I do not get grossed out. Mm -hmm. Like hardly really ever. There's only been two books in my entire life that I've read that I got grossed out to the point to where I was like, I don't know if I can like continue reading this. Hmm. So I think the imagery, because, but going back on that, yes, Um, but going back on that, I was like, she literally did so good of a job of describing these characters that I felt ill. Like Mm -hmm. that, you have to go, right, that's such a good writer. Do you ever, I don't know if you ever do this, but whenever I read really hard scenes like that, I put myself, I was like, how did they write this? How... That's how I did, feel about horror movies, too. How did they... Oh, that's I'm a good like, point. I'm like, how the fuck does your fucked up brain think this? Because you have problems. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I ever... Well, yeah, I think some some stories I've been like, mm, this is a little questionable. But um, sometimes I'm just like, how... I wonder if these authors, like, cry while they're writing oh, one 1000%. of their, like... For instance, you know, t- you know, spoiler warning if you haven't fucking read Fourth Wing, which the fuck are you doing if you haven't? Um, when Liam dies, like, did Rebecca Yarrow's 
cry like you know when writing that do you get like emotional or do you already know like in your head and you're prepared for it and you're like i'm so excited there's a difference that you're writing it it you're like writing that's true you know like in your head you're like i know this is gonna happen but you haven't written and then you sit down writing you're like holy fuck that's the same thing for like uh sex scenes like for me because i (laughs) just like i don't know but like constantly when i'm reading a sex scene like a really graphic but a good sex scene i think about it and i like i could never write this i would have to have you write it for me (laughs) (laughs) i couldn't write it i'm like i'd be like i think i would pull out some shit that would be like even though i have so much criticism on the fact that people use fade to black yeah, fade to black, fade oh. to black, and then also like trying to find different terminology to For so they're they're not the same yeah. thing. Sex scene every time. Yeah, um, I think I would pull out shit like be like my nub and button and shit like that because I tried. Did to be, you like, see what I posted you know, on different. Threads the other day? No, what did you post? That uh, in one of my books that I'm reading, it's a monster romance. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even that it's that they describe like nipples and breasts as sweet peaks (laughs) i was like bro what (laughs) i just like had to stop for a second be like this is my life this is what i listen to (laughs) also narrators are the homies they really are because oh my god yes reading that shit and having to like speak it out loud and knowing that other people are gonna listen to you say these things i'm like when we were talking about our book last week love theoretically the voice actor did such a good Mm -hmm. job of doing the sound effects and the ad-libs and stuff in those sex scenes that it made me internally cringe because i felt like i was like intruding on a scene (laughs) i felt like i was intruding and not only that i just again every single time i like write a sex scene i'm kind of into it my brain like takes me out for a whole second it's like i disassociate my brain and i'm like how did they write this how they were like my fucking pussy was like i can't Right. I mean, it's your job, so i know i I think i'm doing multiple takes until i get it so even if oh well I'm, i'm saying like not only just the voice actors, I'm saying even, like, the authors, too. Mm. Imagine, like, editing that and being like, this, this is too much dick. Like, this is too, <laughs> <laughs> this is too much penis. This is too much penis. Okay, I have two things to say. One is what? I have seen, while scrolling before, this person who's narrating a book, and they'll, mm-hmm. like, do clips of themselves talking. Is she and blonde like, here? I think so. Is she on TikTok? Mm-hmm. Yes, I think. And, like, I've... a booth and stuff? Yes. And mm-hmm. she was crying as she was reading the death of a character. Oh, yeah. She told me because she had read these books, and then she was reading, like, one of her favorite characters being, like, killed Kill. off. Yeah. Yeah. So they definitely cry. Aww. Um, And then, the, bef- as what we were talking about before, like, uh, reading a book, judging a book, whatever, I saw someone post, like, don't, leave a bad review on a book that you didn't read the triggers for. So, like, Ooh. if you're going to read a book and ignore the triggers mm-hmm. and then get mad about what's in the book, you kind of lose, like, the point, the credibility of your review because... Because you ignored was, the fact exactly. of, like, the The warming. trigger was there. The information was there that you need to know to not read this book. If, like, 
you can't handle this stuff. Mm. And so that's fair. I mean, yeah, I, I, there's a reason why they put trigger warnings there. Yes. And sometimes they put it embedded within the book being like in a, in the introduction part. So that way you're more forced to read it of the fact of like what's going to be in this book rather than just being a smaller text at the at the beginning like in the dedication you know you see what i'm saying yeah yeah um i've seen some like that just so that way people there's more of a chance that people will see the trigger warnings not saying that they're not blatantly visible in the first place right but i feel like also you, know. you have to kind of know what kind of book you're picking up when I yeah. read Haunting Adeline, I knew full-fledged that I was going to be in for a wild fucking ride of yeah. crazy shit. And you've told me, because we know each other so well, you're like, you will not like it. Do not you pick won't. it up. You won't. You yeah. especially wouldn't like the second one. Yeah. So, I mean, because <clears> I just, <throat> I like very wholesome stories, yeah. unfortunately. It's not uh, unfortunate. It's just what you like. I mean, yeah, it's not unfortunate, but sometimes I'm like... Sometimes I, I mean, like to. I you could to, try. I could you try. Could, like, slowly work up to stuff. You know what I, I mean to do? I wouldn't just jump fully into haunting Adeline after like love theoretically. That'd be a fucking. Ooh, your brain would be like, "What's happening?" It would combust. Essentially, it would combust. Yeah. Um, I need to read the second, the two other books in Priest. And yeah. like work my way up because that's not even like it's not that bad, but it's bad. Yeah, I, th- I think those are good, to okay. s- especially to start. <clears throat> And obviously, I stand barbarian, but you couldn't deal with that. So, Although, I think I'll give it a better try. I think, uh, I think once you just, whenever you said like the trigger warnings and stuff, I think it did have a trigger warning at the very beginning, talking about those things. Yeah. So I think I fell into that category of like not wanting to read more of it, but I also was just very against smut anyways because. I'm like, ah, what's the point? But also, I get it. I get the point. I just Some people literally masturbate while they read smut. Smart. I mean, that's Quinn, right? Or Basically. Which is more like an audio it's like version. A yeah. yeah. It's I mean, that makes total sense. Um, but I think I just need to kind of rip the Band-Aid off. Because people love it. There's a reason why people love yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, also, you don't have to love it. No, I don't have to, but I think I need if to give it. If you want to try it, I think it, I need to have great, a little bit more of an open mind for it and just give it a shot. I maybe just, I'm more scared. Maybe I'm like more not maybe okay. like scared or maybe more embarrassed at the fact that I've like intimidated. Maybe, yeah, yeah. I just feel like reading smut is such a great way to understand yourself too. Because That's like, true. You're like, oh, that sounded cool to me. That did not sound cool to me. I know never to ask about that or like bring that up to a partner. It definitely, it definitely kind of expands your like imagination a little bit. Mm-hmm. And also like, of course, like what you're just saying is like, I think it would give you a lot of inspiration for if you do have a partner at the time, like maybe that might be something to kind of like try, especially I, like in very like, um, what is it? Very realistic. Yeah. You know, smut. I also think that... Not monster slut. <laughs> did I say slut? I meant smut. You said smut. Oh, I did? Okay. I thought oh, I said... No, no, then you said slut. Monster slut. Okay, monster <laughs> slut. I thought you meant to say monster slut. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Slut me out. Slut me out. 
I uh, saw Brittany Broski's like little like thing about ghost face. About ghosts. <laughs> She's like, I saw an edit. She said it all started with the edit with this like you know the audio that says slut me out slut me out and then like she's like i would like she's look so for this man for <laughs> she's so real for she's it like, turns out he's two-dimensional and not real one last thing about smut is also it could make you feel more normal like if you've thought about something and then you're That's like holy true. shit like why would i think that yeah because the human experience like, is obviously oh my not God, this original is normal yes yeah so I think there's definitely perks to, like, reading smut. I think there are. I think I just need to stop being a wuss. I don't think you're a wuss. (laughs) (laughs) Not using a heart with her hand. (laughs) I just don't... Nobody should feel bad for also not wanting to read that stuff, you know? I definitely don't. don't. Yeah, that's fair. I don't feel bad. I think I just... Maybe I'm more like pushy i say that so i can push myself to actually like try it out because i don't think i can i don't think i have enough books from smut like the the genre of smut mm-hmm. to really ever comment about like you whether have or not limited, right yes i do yeah <laughs> you should see tori's face right now it's hilarious that's where you need to go okay <laughs> That's where you need to go. I will find some recommendations okay. for you to get into it. Yeah. Um, I think it's also another fear of like liking them, which is also dumb. Which is also dumb. It's like a fear of liking books about sex. Trauma. <laughs> I did. I did grow up in Texas, so. Yeah. I mean, I grew up in a house. I literally had a oh, purity yeah, necklace. I was in the church. Religious. I was like. You were way. Actually. Two, two, two. To be completely honest, from what you have told me, this is just from what you've like recounted to me. You were a lot more religious than I was whenever growing Which up. Which is crazy because. Yeah, crazy. It never felt in grand- line with what I felt on the inside. Yeah. I was just like going through the motions. I was a Sunday well, school teacher. Like That's crazy to that me. That part I did partially for my resume, mm-hmm. just to like show that I've done some stuff. Right. But also my dad was really in it, and my mom was just kind of like, your dad wants to do it, so you better do it. And he was a Sunday school teacher, so I was like, I might as well. Yeah. When I, I mean, my mom's dad before he passed on was a reverend. Jesus. So, and my mom grew up very like strictly Southern Baptist, and like my she dad's could not have like side is very yeah. Like my she it. couldn't have rips in her jeans. She couldn't like okay, go, not that much. Like she couldn't go. Uh, she tried doing something different with her like shoelaces. You know, like whenever those like like twisty shoelaces things. I guess those one shoelaces where. You put them in your shoes. You don't actually have to tie them. You oh, just yeah, tighten yeah, yeah. them. Mm-hmm. It was something to do with that, like something trendy like that. And my mom tried to leave the house and her dad literally told her, like, go back and like change. So it was crazy to think that I remember growing up, my mom tried me, tried getting us into this thing called Awanas. Do you remember? Did you ever have Awanas? I don't know what that is. It's basically like, it's like. Girl Scouts, but for school or for church. Oh. Mm. So, like, you go and, like, you learn Bible verses and, like, you get, like, these little, like... Are you Catholic? No. Lutheran. Oh. Isn't that a sect of Catholicism? I mean, yeah. It's less strict. Okay. Um, We do not have confirmation. Mm. So, 
I like you get these like little badges, right? And you have like the bronze badge, right? And like you would have to remember certain like s- like scripture, yeah, or so certain it sounds like, like confirmation. Yeah, but you got like jewels and like gems, and then they became badges, and you had like a vest sort of thing. I have to like I have to show it to you because it's like uh, it's literally like Girl Scouts, but like the church version of it. But you don't sell cookies, and so. It, I remember doing that, and you would go in the evenings, like, on Wednesdays, mm-hmm. and my mom was one of the, like, Awana's, like, leaders, leaders essentially, and so there were times, like, throughout the, like, evening, like, you would have different things, like, you'd have group, like, stuff together, and then you'd go off and do stuff by yourself, and you'd go to different rooms and recite these, like, you had, like, this little, pam- like, this little book, and it was, like, a, a workbook. It just sounds like a cult. It really does. <laughs> and it was, like, it was super cute, though. But it had stuff, like, to get this gym, you have to remember this, like, Bible line. verse. Yeah, whatever. this Bible verse. Yeah, okay. And then, so you have to, like, remember it, and you remember it on your own, and then you have to go and recite it mm-hmm. to somebody in in one of the like classrooms which is usually one of the leaders which would be like my your mom's like usually was just moms um and most of the time they would like if you did decently good they'd just give you like the little like gym or mm-hmm. whatever and so you'd fill them up as best as you could and like there was greens and blues and reds and there were different things like about them and this yeah frightening <laughs> i mean for kids yeah indoctrinization mm-hmm. so but you know doing that as a kid you would like one of the badges and the right. patches and stuff. So, but Very we, interesting. But my sister wasn't, wasn't, she was way too young. I was five and we're almost five years apart. Mm-hmm. So I was too little to understand. And I hated going to Sunday school. Same. Hated it. I would rather, I'd always ask my parents to go with them in the bigger sermon. Because I actually liked listening to the sermon sometimes. As I got older, I liked listening to it too. Oh, Jesus. But I no. hated I hated the uh, the singing. There was that sometimes too. sometimes there were services where it was just nothing but singing, and I'm like, were you one of those like new age yeah. churches with like the band? Mm-hmm. Oh, we were not. We had the classic organ and hymns. Ooh, ours technically the the church that we went to when I was growing up was technically a non denominational church. Mm, okay, so yeah. I don't know how we got onto churches or religion, but hey, smut Bible and <laughs> no, but for real, but for real. Now Akamath is my Bible. Akamath in the name of Reese, Farah, Cassian, and Azrael. And Azrael. <laughs> the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Akatar, Throne of Glass, CC. <laughs> They are the Holy Trinity. <laughs> they are the Holy Trinity. That's my only, like, Holy Ghost That is right my there. religion. <laughs> that is my faith. <laughs> okay, let's get off of that. Yeah. <laughs> and, okay, so we're going to start talking about Fourth Wing to start. Okay. Well, we're kind of already, like, in it. But, um, so if you don't want any Fourth Wing spoilers, hop off. Um, goodbye. But, honestly... If you haven't read Fourth Wing, again, the fuck are you doing? I don't know, because I totally am, like, one of those people who's like, oh, my God, this is my most anticipated read of the year. And then you don't read it and because don't you're worried it. that it's not going to live up to the hype? It's not even the worried about not living up to the hype. I just have so many things to read, and then I'm like, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. That's fair. 
But still, what are you doing? Because it's so big. Like, I literally, like, shoved everything People to the side. People could say that to us about CC2 having not read it okay. yet. Okay, I see the daggers in your <laughs> eyes right now, and I see that as a personal attack. <laughs> they are a personal attack. Anyways, fourth wing spoilers. Um, we're going to talk about how Liam needs to stay dead. Yeah. Uh, like in our opinion i uh, i think i said this in the in the episode but there are characters whose death like hurts but it is so necessary for like the rest of the characters to develop and like have that kind of trauma to work through Mm -hmm. and like have reason like more of a reason to get to their end goal yeah and i think and also, liam's death would will be perfect to keep it that way life is not happy ever after so when you bring people back or everybody survives it's just not as good it's not because i'll Sometimes, tell you right now in tog people die Dude, Crooked Kingdom? In Crooked Kingdom is a good... Read. Oh, you haven't? Oh, no, I've read Crooked Kingdom. I was like, yes, you have. I thought you were talking about... Um, King of Scars. Yes. Crooked Kingdom? Someone dies. We can talk about that one, too. Cece, someone dies. Dude, I will tell you... Cece, someone dies in the first, like, 50 fucking pages, and I'm already devastated. Oh, yeah, I was devastated first. I, I was like... I had a friend, actually, at work say that she stopped reading. It's So, the first part, and, like, the first five chapters of the book of CC one is 90 pages. And that's when everything hits the fan, mm-hmm. where you find out Danica, spoilers, 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 Danica dies, and you're like, well, what the fuck was that? Mm-hmm. You're like, I thought these were the characters that were going to be, you know, ride or die till the end, at least until the end right? of the book. Right, you're like, this is a main character, why the fuck is yeah, she dead? exactly. And you're like, what the shit? And so you're like, well, Maybe what SJM is... Maybe learned her fucking lesson and was like, all right, bitches, I'm going to suck and punch y'all in the fucking face with You're this. like, good luck! And so... I had a friend at work who said she stopped reading it after that because she's like, I was already so invested Literally. of the characters. I could not pick it up again because I was already, I'm so mad at the fact that she's gone and mm-hmm. didn't work out the way that I wanted it to. Oh, it was so So I convinced her, I was like, please, because at that point, I think we were almost getting close to the point of finishing the book. Mm-hmm. I was like, just pick it up again. Just pick it up again. I promise you it's worth it. It sucks. Yes, because I felt that way too. But I think, again, we're kind of conditioned to the fact that we want whoever is going to be introduced at the very beginning of the book is going to be at the end of the book too. Mm-hmm. And that's not always the case. Also, what? a character death would never make me stop reading a book. That's true. I'd be like, holy shit. There have been times. What? No, there have been times where I've put down books because of it. But it means it just I put it down for the day because mm. I it was so heavy. I was like, you can't be fucking kidding me. You've got to be fucking kidding me right now. Or yeah. I'll put it down for like the most I've ever put it down is for like the rest of the day. And then I'll pick it up yeah. the next day. But it, sometimes I just have to take a break and step away for an hour or two and then I come back. And there's been a few people like I can tell you about three books that I've done that with. Hmm. The first one, whenever I was growing up, I don't know. If I've ever told you guys this, but one of my favorite books growing up was The Host by Stephanie Meyer. <laughs> Fully, 1,000% believe that this is a one a better story, a better love story um, than Twilight. 
and I will probably I remember say really that liking the, day the house. I die. I like it more. I think the sci-fi fantasy part of it was way better. I feel like the connection to the characters was just way better. There's still like some fucking huge ass problematic things in it because is it just as insufferable? No. I don't think so. I think the characters are a little bit more developed, honestly, in my opinion. And I, I feel like they're a little bit more her. in depth. And It's Brie, right? Is the main person? No. No? Her name is Wanderer. Oh my god, that's right. That's insufferable. <laughs> but they call her Wanda. Yeah. I read that book. I just don't remember anything about it. Yeah. Um. I will tell you, though, it took me ten times and i've counted 10 times in my like when i was young when i was kind of in my reading phase mm-hmm. to pick up that book and finally get past page 50 it took me that long because i couldn't get into it mm-hmm. and then one day i just i don't know what it was i think it was over it was probably about a year or two that i was actually trying to like read this book i finally got past i just told myself I was like i'm gonna read to page 100 and if i don't get to page 100 and i don't like it i just don't like this book i'm not gonna pick it up again Mm -hmm. i finally got past page 50 and shit hit the fan and then i was like all right (laughs) okay this i like this i like the romance i like the fact that melanie is that's the main girl but wanda gets put in her body Mm -hmm. and um I like that she's still there. I like that her Wanda's body, Melanie's body, still is attracted to Jared. But then Wanda also finds attraction to Ian. who And so, like, that's, like, that whole romance kind of triangle weird thing that's going on. It was one of the first few times that I had actually, I guess, encountered a true love triangle. I got scared. Hearing the like lock for it. Hello. Okay, should we go back to fourth wing? <laughs> oh my god, yeah. But anyways, um, <laughs> what? Read the host. It's good. Um, what else do you want to talk about with fourth wing? Because I don't really have anything. Other than. Oh, we think possibly her mom will be evil. We think Mira's oh, a double agent. We yes, absolutely. We think the mom killed the dad. Oh, yeah. Like, very much killed the dad. Right. Well, you think that. I think, I think that. I... She could either be on the good guy side or she's, like, fully the main villain. I think both. Honestly, I think a part of me wants me for her to be the main villain. Same. I I want her Same. to be in-game main villain because I think, and I've told you this, too. I don't know if I said it in the episode. But I think it would be just so different mm-hmm. than what all of the main like mainstream romances or fantasy romances that we have been reading recently Mm -hmm. and i think it would just kind of elevate her story and really like separate it out the fact that her mom was like the evil fucking villain yeah i think it would be interesting i came across a tiktok theory the other day that was saying that violet might be half venom because Mm -hmm. her hair when you think about it like venoms take like energy and stuff away like from her and stuff and how or not energy um venoms take away energy from like the land and how everything turned gray and they related it back to her hair it always turned silver no matter how many times she cuts it or like no no matter how many times she like tries Hmm. to like i guess what is it 
change that. Yeah. It always just leaches, like, the color away. And so that's why they think that she has some aspect of venom, so that way she can, like, channel. Well, do you remember one of my theories? Was that yes. she's going to have to channel power like the venom do in yeah. order to, like, save everybody, and she'll be able to, like... Right. Hopefully handle it. And maybe, like, that comes from, like, a specific type of person, like, people. Because remember, her dad was the one to give her the book of, like, story tale, like, of myths and mm-hmm. stories of these venom and, wy- and wyverns and whatever, you know, mm-hmm. myths, quote-unquote, myths were. So maybe he was, like, from the neighboring country and mm-hmm. brought over this and, I don't know, Maybe interesting right i thought that was i thought that was actually a very interesting one that's a really good one i like that one that makes some kind of sense and also not only that i was like i think they talk they go more into it and say that i think that the dragons realize what she is and that's why they hold her kind of in a reverence because taryn tells her like silver one Mm -hmm. or silver haired one and which is like you know it's a title sort of thing Mm -hmm. So I think they, I, I think they know that she's different, but they just don't know exactly. Oh, they don't know exactly. I what wonder it is. too if like maybe there's a way to be venom and not fully evil. Evil. I feel like I feel like there might be a person who can channel, and they're not technically like the word or like the category of being a venom is basically whenever it consumes you and makes you evil yeah and then like maybe the yeah, word for it, like to be good and be able to channel is like a sorceress or something yeah. you know what i mean so <laughs> that might, that's a good one i like that what if brennan is a, like able to do that as well i don't know what he's that is interesting i wonder if, i wonder if he still has his dragon he has to right because he's not dead yeah it's hiding hmm Maybe that's why he has two. Maybe that's why Violet has two dragons. I don't know. Maybe. Um, I have had had some people show up on my TikTok saying, like, that fourth wing was overhyped. I got the first one of those today, and I fully disagree. Um, I think think it was really good. I don't think it was overhyped, per se. I don't think so either. I think a lot of people... But I think maybe I overhyped it in my own mind. Really? A little bit. Like, I still think it was a five-star read. I think it was a great book overall. Mm-hmm. Like, it hit all the points and everything. Right. I just... Yeah. I don't know. I definitely... I think the reason why we heard so much of it is because the people who do not read fantasy romance got their hands on it and, and actually liked about it liked it i can see that and i think a lot of people who heard like the fact that it has a large like a lot of the plot is the romance not i mean not a lot of the plot but it's a heavy subplot like mm-hmm. you know they're kind of in tandem with each other of the fact that she's trying to survive and she's fighting this attraction to zayden mm-hmm. so that obviously appeals to people who like an enemies to lovers trope, which is pretty prevalent in obviously a lot of romances. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense why people who don't normally pick up fantasy picked this up. Picked this up, and not only were have like pleasantly surprised because again Rebecca Yaros talks about how she made 
the language very plain language. Mm-hmm. So that way it was more accessible to readers who wanted to dip their toes in the fantasy like world. And this is like the perfect stepping stone. Yeah. I just think that was, that's just, it was so well curated. Yeah. And I have to give it to her. And it, I don't know. I loved it. I loved it too. I think anybody who says it's overhyped, I was like, y'all are fucked. Like, I don't, maybe I don't read enough books with dragons in them, but the thing is, is like, I don't think I can do high, high, high fantasy. I think it's going to take a lot of me to try and read. Because I read. did you say CC is high fantasy? It's higher, yes, because it has, but it's not like Lord of the Rings or Star Trek or Star Wars or Dune. Okay, okay, yeah. Like, those really, like, super intricate worlds to the point to where, like, our Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones is a high fantasy. Yeah. So, I don't know where that particularly falls. I don't know if that's, like, mid-fantasy, like, and it's mid. But that, I think, for me, makes things more more to the fact that I would like it. Like, Mm -hmm. because it's still relatively, like, it's not, I don't have to use brain power. Again, it's something that I can extremely, like, lose myself and escape into rather Mm -hmm. than having to really focus on it. I don't know. I tried reading Dune. Tried. Key emphasis on that. Page 200. Most boring fucking book I've ever read. And I kind of want to pick it up again just to see if it really was that boring or if mm-hmm. I just couldn't get through it. But I read it in tw- I tried reading it in 2020. Couldn't do it. Could not do it. Yeah. And I heard the movie was terribly boring. And Zendaya, whose name is like the main like line like besides actor's name besides Timothy, Timothy Chalamet was in there for not even five minutes. And it's at the very end of the movie. Hmm. So I'm interested. I'm peaked, but I don't know. Okay, let's move on to, we can talk about Avatar. Oh, yeah, we talked about Avatar. The only reason why I wanted to add this is because SJM came out saying that Throne of Glass and Avatar is obviously not done. We knew Avatar wasn't done, but I thought that was very interesting with the fact that Throne of Glass is not done. I haven't read any of Throne of Glass, but I thought it was because it was such an established and long series Mm -hmm. that nothing hasn't, you know, nothing's been released for that one, I think, in a few years. She just said none of their stories are ever done. Done. For her. Which is so weird. Like It's not. It's not weird, but it's like, I don't know if I, I think I get worried if her, not that her writing would change, but if it could still continue to like be as good, be not a knockout. Yeah, it will. <laughs> it will. I'm not concerned because first off, I have seen so many spoilers lately, and I Aww. try really, really hard to scroll past before reading anything. Mm-hmm. Um, Is it for Throne of Glass? It's kind of a mix okay. of things. Um, but you're in that TikTok thread, like deep in that TikTok I, world. I am f- deep in the SJM TikTok Fully submersed. Um, and so I've been struggling <laughs> because I don't want to know everything. That's fair. I don't know. It's just a bummer because I feel like I've seen more spoilers for TOG than like any other series yeah. or book I ever. Think, I mean, that checks out just because of how many it's books there are. It's also older, so that's it, like about say, on me. I mean, yes, but at the same time, I feel like people need to at least give, 
I am very big of at least trying to give everybody a chance to read everything. Not commenting the fact about what happened with you with Matthias finding out that he dies in Crooked Kingdom. I mean, this is maybe so sad. That's like my own. I get that. I get that. But at the same time, like, don't comment that shit. Like, again, I do hate when it's um, a TikTok that has nothing to do with something, and then someone writes a spoiler in the comments, and I'm like. Fuck you. Why would you do this? I thought, okay, I'll talk about And that's happened for more recent books. Yes. That's how I found out about Matthias, too. Going back to, going to Matthias about character deaths. So I, Six of Crows was probably one of the first quote-unquote fantasy books I got back into as an adult. And it was like, it's pretty low-grade fantasy, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, Soft fantasy, as as they call it. Um, but I was fully, fully, fully invested, and I still am, I would say, um, of the characters, you know, development and story and stuff, and I liked all six of them. So to have Matthias die at the end, I cried. I was not happy about that death. Yeah. But I wasn't happy about it, but I was like, oh my god, this made this book 10 times even better because i hurt so much yes it's so devastating emotionally like not scarring but emotionally like ringing me out at that same time i was like i cannot i haven't felt like a book like that about a book at the time because i was just so early in my like reading my reintroduction to reading Mm -hmm. but i was like oh my god this is this is death this is what death feels like (laughs) (laughs) this is like what i just got knifed in the fucking stomach and bled out. <laughs> it's fine. So. Um, you should talk about, or we should talk about Elaine. Yes. Because I've been seeing so much about them. Obviously, because it's the one story that hasn't really been told. Or Asriel's. Well, yeah, but we they're assume intertwined. that they're going to be intertwined. So. Or Lucian's. Yeah. I mean, I could take a book on literally any single fucking SJM character and I'd be so happy about it. That's so fair. I mean, honestly, I'm not like totally, I wouldn't mind a novella about the Morgan, but... The Morgan? Morgan, Morgan. <laughs> Did I say Morgan? You said Morgan. Or about more. Um, <laughs> I thought it was Morgan. Anyways. Morgan. Um... The Morgan. The Morgan. She's a Norse mythology character. Norse. Yeah. Um, Norse. Norse. <laughs> Norse. Um, what did we, what were we talking about in the car the other day? Oh, the fact of them having Who's, two lovers. Yeah. Who do you think Elaine's going to be with? I. Maddie I, I had remember. a really good theory, so that's why I'm Oh, okay, okay, okay. So Tori had asked me, because we were in the car, and honestly... I have an opinion on both. I can see both happening. But I think what, after reading one of these TikTok theories as well, is that based on Norse mythology or maybe even Gaelic mythology, I don't know. She has, it's all like that Scandinavian Greek, Greek, what? That's not right. Um, Gaelic, like history. Yeah. Um, She says that it's heavily based on like one of the, stories in there that has two lovers that has to pick mm-hmm. and basically that um more than likely like that might be like what elaine's kind of like love story ends up being and that would be between obviously asriel who 
we obviously see an attraction there because Azriel is able, like, Azriel's always there with Elaine. Elaine is always making eye contact with Azriel. She makes him that powder for gives um, him gifts. Gives him gifts is he always helps They're her tend the garden. They're glances at each other exactly. And then we have Lucian, who is technically her mate. Mm-hmm. And in the theory, it talks about how did you send this to me or did I send? This I probably to you? sent it to you. Okay, in the theory, if it we're talks, being yeah. Who sends the most things? Me. Um, in the theory, is talking about how Reese told Farah that there's three different really ways that mating bonds and mating mm-hmm. can kind of like manifest. And in this particular one, it talked about how when Elaine got dropped in the cauldron, Azriel was sitting over there dying. dying. Like literally like shredded, like wings shredded to like a pulp sort of thing, like bleeding out. And because of that, because he was dying and probably was her mate, the cauldron gave her a new mate because for like survival, whether or not Mm -hmm. that was like genetic or for whatever reason. And then it ended up going to Lucian, essentially. So that was also a huge theory that I was like, huh, that's interesting. That might, that makes sense. Another theory I really like. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. No, go for it. You need to finish your thought. Okay. But Tori and I were talking about it, and I asked her, no matter whether or not what happens, happens, which do you want more to happen? Like, do you want it to be perfect where the girl, like, the sisters and the brothers basically get together? See, I don't or fucking know. do you want it to, like, be a little different and be able to, for her to, even though she has feelings for Azriel, develop a relationship with Lucian? I want whatever Mommy Mass tells me to want. <laughs> okay? Well. That is the way this works. I I said I think what I would like to see just because it would be different. Of course I like the fact that if Elaine does end up with Azrael, that would just make my little OCD brain so happy because, you know, three and three, like mm-hmm. the sisters and the brothers get together. And people say that SJM likes threes. Right. But um I would like to see again to kind of deviate from what the norm is. I would like to see Elaine develop a relationship with Lucian. And not only that, it is talked about so many times in the books where Elaine doesn't fit in to the night court. Like mm-hmm. she does not fit in with Valar. She doesn't fit in with the like the colors and the and the darkness and whatever it is that, you know, goes along with being in the court of nightmares and the, you know, court of dreams or whatever. Whereas Asriel, like I couldn't. I cannot see Azriel leaving Valaris or you know what is it, the Night Court. Mm-hmm. I just I don't see him leaving that that space. But I absolutely see that Elaine. I don't think can stay in the Night Court. Or what if as teaches her to embrace like her darker side because she's that's also true. always we been did. good and perfect Elaine, right. and so now she's going to become the not so good and perfect, perfect. Elaine, right? I have so many, so many but, thoughts running around in my head right I now. I know. And then, but I would think it would be really good to see that if she finally gave Lucian a little bit of a chance and then she actually took over the spring court because what the is spring court. What are platonic soulmates? There you go. Um, because the spring court does need somebody. It has Tamlin, but obviously Tamlin, at, I think, is he still running around in beast form? Like nearly kind so. of. Okay, cool. So he's like, you know, just kind of not really there. And I think 
what would be really cool to see is if she goes into the spring court, takes over the spring court, becomes high lady, and Lucian then becomes high lord, and Tamlin steps down finally because he never wanted the the power in the first place. Or uh. he's exiled. So, you know, I think that would be really interesting to see. Not only that, it would make sense to Lucian go back to the spring court because he really belongs he he belongs technically in the day court because helion is his father mm-hmm. um he doesn't really belong he doesn't definitely doesn't belong in the autumn court and i feel like him being a bastard son and being able to have I, there's still something there within lucian like his eye and the fact that he could see there's still stuff that needs to be unraveled there in his backstory i could see him being a high lord of the spring court but elaine is really the main figurehead she's the high lady um so. i think it's interesting that you said that lucian has his eye and like can see stuff because obviously mm. him and elaine both see or them seers yeah uh, do you call them seers or seers seers i've always called them seers like as one word not yeah. seers yeah seers. yeah like you sear steak like sear yeah seers i didn't know Anyways, I, it didn't there's it also a theory that Elaine is choosing not to be with Lucian because she is a seer and she can see something. And if they're together, like something bad is going to happen. That's very fair, too. Um, And then, fuck, what? Oh, a lot of people compare As and Elaine to Hades and Persephone. Mm-hmm. And then there was one other fucking thing I was going to say. I think in Hades and Persephone... I mean, that makes the most sense to me. And it kind of goes along with my thing that I said before of, like, of her, her like embracing. Embracing, right. The, like, darker side of because things. Because Persephone is goddess of death, obviously. So She becomes that, yeah. Because isn't she the goddess of spring, technically? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then she changes over. I think it would be cool, too, to see kind of a transformation of Elaine. Because I think she is so... I think, you know, SJM has done a really good job of keeping her very infantile like very helpless even though she is obviously a woman like a grown woman and everybody else around her coddles her a lot so i feel like she needs to really step in to her to back the fuck up yeah i like that Rissian has that never role. fucking doubted elaine for one single second she never never he's like and i Azrael think we too. haven't seen everything from elaine uh, yes Azrael because too. i I love Nesta. Her Go stands ahead. scare the fuck out of me because they are psycho for her. Mm. Like, I love her, but I'm not going to be like, Nesta's perfect and everyone else is wrong. Like, I, there I was definitely her. a few times that I was like, uh, the inner circle, I think, kind of like overstepped a little bit in Akasif. Just a little. But I still love Nesta. But I also was like, you kind of need some help. But also at the same time, that is invasive. They could have done it better. But anyways. Well, yeah. Keep going. I lost. You are not crazy like the, you're like, she's not, you're like ride or die or whatever. You're like, you love Nesta, but don't remember. Nope. Okay. It'll come back. No, it won't. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, babe. I think I interrupted you too. Fuck. Was it about Nesta? Oh my god, like, is this happening? <laughs> Was it about Nesta? I don't know. Oh, what? <laughs> okay. 
goddess of death. I'm saying buzzwords oh. here. Okay. Okay, we're back. How everyone says that Nesta killed Highburn. She did not. I'm like, can we fucking give Elaine her flowers? Jesus, fuck. Can we give Elaine her flowers? Literally. Le- yeah. Because Elaine killed Highburn. She did. She literally was like... I'm sick of that fucking... Nesta did not do... I was like, love Nesta. She is a warrior. She's great. Did not kill the... Did not kill the king. Okay. Did not kill the king. Um, Do you have any theories for CC? Do you think CC2 will be better or worse than CC1? The same? So, small update. I'm only at like 150-ish pages, I think, into CC2. Not that it's not good. It's just work. But... um. I don't know. I'm kind of worried. I'm worried. What are your thoughts so far? It's good. Not as good as CC1? I don't know. Because the thing is, is I have already pre-notions of everybody, right? Because I have already read the story. So I'm still kind of waiting to see where this is going to kick off. But I also think because I'm so accustomed to SJM's writing, I'm trying to think 10 steps ahead and predict what's going to happen. Yeah. You know what I mean? Whereas Crescent City was completely, it was the first book of the story. Right. So I had no basis on like what to think about and stuff. So it's interesting. I'm still obviously intrigued and don't want to put it down. But CC, I think CC1 is probably just going to have a very special special place in my heart at the fact that I stayed up until almost four o'clock in the morning on a work night reading it. Yeah. So I... I can't say if I think it's better or worse so far. So, but it is—it's hard to go from like the first book of the series to the to the continuation of the story. Um, I mean, I'll tell you that now with um, what is it, Shadow and Bone? I hated the second book. The second book to me was so oh, slow. Yeah, the third book was a lot better. Well, I'm further ahead than you are in CC, mm-hmm. and. I feel like a lot of things shook me immediately and that like I just feel like left and right things are happening and I'm like yeah what the fuck what the fuck what the fuck yeah it actually I was surprised because like I actually was kind of worried that it was gonna have a slow start because I was 50 pages because sometimes SGM waits to the last 200 pages right right um I thought it was gonna have a slow like build-up a very slow build-up but immediately Cormac comes into the like the thing a new fucking angel is appointed mm-hmm. and um this whole thing with Sophie and her brother Emil and the rebellion we're getting a different take on it's like all of these things she set up in the first book but really didn't talk about because and that's it was exactly about what the murder she did, though with Akatar versus Akamath she set up everything in the first book right and so and so and if it the makes setup sense. was that fucking good i know now I'm like, what is going to go on? Has to be that I know. Good. I want to know where Jespa comes in because she just recently, like Bryce, just recently called her, telling her, "Don't be stupid of taking advantage of the fact that you just got offered a marriage proposal or basically like yeah. sent off to be married to the uh, Prince of Avalon, mm-hmm. Avalon, Avalon. Like, take advantage of that. Mm-hmm. So I want to see where that goes." Not only that, she obviously, Bryce is working through trauma from the spring. We're at this point, I think in the book, we're getting close to fall, aren't we? I don't know. I think it is. But um, I just think uh, some other characters are going to have like their spotlight in this book. And I'm excited for it. 
think Therian's going to have his spotlight. Yeah, there's a lot of stories going on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like the perspectives of Hunt more. Of course, they were already there in the first book, but I just like them now more, just knowing that they're kind of a thing together and mm-hmm. the tension like with it and stuff. Love Rune. Love Rune so much. Um, People I'm wait- are obsessed with Rune. I know, like obsessed. Um, I'm excited to see what happens with Hypaxia. Also just found out Hypaxia is a half necromancer. The fuck? Like, um, what the shit? How would you compare the writing style of CC versus Akatar? I think they're different. Oh, they're totally different. Right? And reading TOG, I feel like all the stories are so different. So They're so different. Since there's like Some of the stuff crossover, I feel like is so... I will say this before you say that before you say your point. The writing in CC, I like it more than than Akatar. I like it because it is more catered to a, an adult audience. Not that I think Akatar blended into that. Well, right? I guess I'm not talking about so much adult versus YA versus like POV. Oh, okay. And like that kind okay. of writing. Okay. Yeah. No, it's totally different totally different it's the way that she so easily goes back and forth between hunt and bryce Mm -hmm. and therian and she does it in a way that is so flawless Mm -hmm. it's i like that i like the fact that i'm i'm in so many different people's heads yeah ethan is like you know you get a glimpse into so many different things and i think she does it really well without having to dedicate a specific chapter to that one person you know Mm -hmm. how like it's always like in six of crows it's very adamant of like what chapter yeah what point of view you're like looking into Mm -hmm. whereas with sjm it's very like it just kind of happens oops it kind of just melds into like bryce one sentence and then the next sentence is kind of hunt and then or with the even within the same chapter itself so i think she just does a really really good job whereas Akatar is in one person's point of view mm-hmm. the entire book up until Akasif, mm-hmm. which is Nesta again is still in her point of view and it's not until the very end at like the bonus chapters that we get like a snippet of somebody else's point of view mm-hmm. so yeah I think you're right I think her writing honestly I prefer the writing I haven't read TOG yet but I prefer her writing in CC um someone was asking me the other day how I keep everything straight and I'm like, that was also another thing that I found myself trying to remember back to. I, I read CC1 this year and there's still some things I was like, wait, did that actually happen? Like, oh, see, when they say that, I think they mean, but like between different stories. Oh, between different. Yeah. 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 But I, I, maybe it's weird, but I feel like it's so easy for me to keep straight. Which is hilarious at the fact that you're like, I have memory problems, but not with not with that but i think it's it's like when i'm reading i can be like this is the storyline i'm in when i'm right. not reading then like I, I don't know no i can keep the story straight it's i don't the same know thing with anybody else is having like memory problems but they can remember like song lyrics really really well yeah so it's just it's just what your brain i think latches on to easier yeah Okay, back to the the POV writing, etc. Because mm-hmm. it's different for each story. Like, 
we know that there's going to be a crossover at some point. So, mm-hmm. like, I guess it's not even, like, a question of what you think will happen, but I'm just, like, interested to see how she's going to write all these different stories that have these different types of writing mm-hmm. and then, like, combine them all. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, I think you're so right. I think it's going to be an interesting... And I take. just have no doubt that it'll be fucking amazing. Oh, of course but it's going to be amazing. Okay. Um, we should probably move on from that stuff. Do we want to talk about just really fun news that Emily Henry's new book got oh, announced? Yeah. Funny story. Funny story. Literally, it's called Funny Story. Because the way you said it, it made it seem like funny story. Like, oh. it was so natural. <laughs> it's but called Funny Story. Girl, she really is she's just the popping queen. them out. She, I'm for real. She's just popping them the fuck out. She is the queen she of really is. books right now, I feel like. Besides SJM. Obviously, they're very different categories, so. Yeah, they they definitely are. But I think she's a powerhouse in, in mm-hmm. romance. I mean, everybody, when she releases a new book, people cannot, like, bookstores can't keep that on yeah. the shelves. Do you like Kendall's? Or audiobooks or physical books? Physical books and then audio and then Kindle. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I'm physical Kindle audio. That's actually interesting because I thought you would be audio first. No. I, I thought it would, I for you, I thought audiobooks. it would be audio physical Kindle. No. And sometimes mm. I switch between physical and Kindle. Hmm. Because. Maybe it's because I listen to too many audio. <laughs> I think so. I think so. Um, I love them. I love all of them. But I can put myself in a story so much better if I'm reading the words versus oh. listening to the book. Oh, absolutely. So. I think that's sometimes why I'm so stubborn at the fact of like waiting till the very end. Like if we're, you know, running short on time, I'll finally get the audiobook mm-hmm. like with it. Because I know I will like fully feel 100 100% invested reading it like physically mm-hmm. reading it rather than listening however there is one book that was one of my favorites that I don't hear a lot about um I know this was another segment that we wanted to talk about on the book so I don't know tell me if I'm getting there early uh go oh okay um I told Tori that I was like I want to talk about one book or like let's pick a book that we don't see very often on TikTok that doesn't get the hype or we just have never even seen it at all and was one either a five-star read for us or more people should listen into it for me it was let me get my phone really quick i have it off my goodreads oh sorry i keep tapping the thing um i'm saying forever never by lucy score for that one it's a great romance book really Mm -hmm. lucy score can't wait till we start reading her I know. Mine is called The Henna Artist. Oh. I think I've told you about it. Mm-hmm. Tap to read. My phone has been... Um, what else was I going to say? Oh, yeah. Books that are not it are Maybe in Another Life by TJR. <clears throat> Did not like that book. It was terrible. You told me. It was so boring. Really? Yeah. Well, I mean, people have talked about uh, the fact that, like, her writing was not good in the beginning and then got really good. Yeah. Again, uh, we've also she found her, her niche. Stride. Her niche. 
Anyways, it's called The Henna Artist. I can't look it up. Right. My phone isn't fucking working right now. That's okay. Um, but it's actually a Reese Witherspoon pick. Funny enough. Remember how you used I to think know. you hated her books and now you're like, wait, I mm-hmm. love them because such a fun age was one too. Yeah. And you like that book. Yeah. I was like, yeah. But The Henna Artist I really liked. It was five stars. I listened to it actually on audiobook and I prefer everybody. If you decide to take a, like, a chance on it, I would say take a chance on the audiobook. It's a f- cast of characters and um, it's set in the 1950s of India mm-hmm. and it, it specifically Jaipur or Jaipur? Jaipur. Jaipur. That's how they say it. Oh. But Jaipur, Jaipur, whatever. However you actually pronounce it. Jaipur. Um, I assume they would say it correctly in the audiobook. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's basically kind of like within that story, we meet characters of how she is basically like a henna artist for the high like society of people. And she goes and does different things like different hennas for good luck, for bridal, for babies. And she does like remedies, home remedies and herbology and stuff like that and it's a really just a fantastic story of like social like socialites and kind of social drama and the caste system that is was very is and was very prevalent like in Indian culture mm-hmm. um especially at that time period for the 50s and not only that come to find out it's the first in the series but each book it has each book is dedicated to a different character that was introduced in the first book. Mm. It is so good. I've read the first one, and then I read the second one, and then the third one just recently came out this year. And I I love them. They are amazing, and I did not think I actually would like it as much as I did, and I recommend it as, as often as I can. So definitely go check it out. Mm. It has 4.1 stars on Goodreads, and it only has, like, I think... 13,000 reviews, which is not that many mm-hmm. in comparison to the to the books that we do read. Yeah. So. <clears throat> I have, like, two more things for, like, book. Okay. Whatever. Tell them. Uh, well, I was just going to say the Kingdom of the Wicked series is a little bit overhyped. Mm, okay. Um, I think it had potential to be really good, and then it just, just wasn't. failed. It was just too much inner dialogue. Ooh. And you know how we feel about that. Okay. There is one book that I thought... I, I think I've talked about this um, on a different episode. Sorry. I know I'm interrupting. Um, a Deadly Education by Naomi Novik. I do not like inner dialogue either because that is a lot of what dark academia ends up being. Mm-hmm. I actually loved that first book. And I tried, and it's a series of three, and I tried getting into the second one, but I couldn't do it. I don't know what it was with that first one, but that first one was so good, but it was nothing but internal dialogue. Oof. And I don't know what, I don't know what it was about it. I really don't know. But I tried getting into the second one, couldn't do it. It was too insufferable. Anyways. Hmm. I was just going to give one more pretty decent romance author okay. for a little bit more feel good romance and it's megan quinn megan quinn yeah i the first book i read by her was the reunion mm-hmm. and i really liked that one. Oh, um but she has a million. Oh shit like a zillion <laughs> so like a bunch if you ever need 
a happy romance. It's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Go to Tori for all the romance books. So come to me for anything else. <laughs> <laughs> come to me for a memoir. Do you want a good memoir? I'll give you oh, one. Oh, see, yeah. I'll give you a good memoir. You want one that's going to cry? You're going to cry your fucking eyes out and put in, put you in a slump for five days? Crying in H-Mart. Read that. I feel like that was a really popular one this past year. It was actually super popular two years ago. Okay. When it first came out. Because I heard about it even when I started reading, though. Yeah. Which was a year ago. Mm-hmm. I may have read it last year, like early last year. Maybe. You read it when we had started the podcast already. I think it was almost two years ago at this point. I, I'm going to have to look back. No, at like you were still reading it, I thought. Because you bought it when you were the with me. The thing is, is like the past year, I've been in, I was still in my one bedroom apartment. And like since for the past year, I haven't. I've lived with Shelby for the past year. So it hasn't been a year. It's been at least more than that. Crazy. I was thinking about it now. I was like, oh, my God. Mm. Okay, well, that's all I have to say. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Today. Yeah. We talked a lot. We did talk a lot. We talked more than I thought we were going to talk, honestly. Once we start, we can't stop. That's true. Very true. But um, Tori is actually going to be out of town next week, so we are going to try and get – we're not going to try. We're going to be able to record CC1 by Sunday, um, and that should be up to you, ASAP. Um, and happy place, I think, if we can do that. That's ambitious. But I'm going to be in a car for six hours um, on Saturday because my sister is graduating this weekend Woo-hoo. from undergrad. So Go Cameron. Congratulations to her. Um, so hopefully I'll make some good headway in both books. Maybe I won't get, if I don't get car sick. So, but I might just sacrifice it. Oh, you get car sick? No. Typically, I don't, but <laughs> it's like... If well, I don't get car sick, you get car sick? No. <laughs> Do you see my confusion? <laughs> yes, hold on. I got car sick yesterday whenever we went to go see Barbie, and I was on my phone, but I think it was just because so many of... We were all jam-packed in there, and I was yeah. being hot, and I was hungry, so I think that's also why. Um, but... I don't usually normally get sick, so I'm hoping that that's not a new thing that I just developed. Well, hopefully not. That would so, suck. But because six hours, that's precious reading time, let me tell you that. That really is, especially in the car. I know. It's one of my favorite places to read. And my dad already said that he's going to drive, so I'm like. Oh. You take advantage of that. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways. All right, guys. Well, we appreciate you sticking around and listening to us talk a little bit more about just different things that are going on in the book world. If you like these episodes, definitely let us like know if you want more of these rather than just us talking about one particular book. If you just want us to talk about just life and things that are going on and our opinions or whatever, um, because we like doing these too. Kind of it's a little bit different. Mixes things up. Mix. What am I trying to say? <laughs> it just adds a little flavor. You know what I mean? We can so. talk about anything. So we, really can. we could talk to a door probably. Um, <laughs> I know. I Anyways, we love you guys, and we will see you on the next one. Bye. Bye.